All right, guys, before we kick off today's episode, we wanted to talk a little bit about GoWad. GoWad is a new app that Fern and I have been using, and it's really useful to help you improve your mobility. It's a pretty slick little app. Like I was, I was really impressed when I pulled it up. Uh, I don't. I used to spend a lot more time on mobility. I spend far less now because, quite frankly, like I don't want to have to think about things. I think anybody who's a coach or, or an affiliate owner, like you get to the point now where, if it come when it comes to yourself, you want to do zero thinking, which is why this has been pretty beneficial. I've been playing around with it, and it can be tailored to me. You know, having recently been on our tour, I am. Always surprised when boxes do their own programming. How do you feel about that? I think probably depending on where you're at as, a, as an affiliate, it's if I was to reverse the hands of time, I would outsource it first because I just don't have enough knowledge to do it very well. I, I, I We do it now, but that's after 10 years. Right, but that's my point. You have a limited amount of time, you know, not just on this planet, but when it comes to running your box, and there are some things you can outsource, delegate, just hire. Programming is one. While I respect people that like to do their own programming, like you at CrossFit Rife, you know, whether it's warm-up and workouts, hand plan, comp train even, or NC Collective, like, just, just so many options out there, and there wasn't one for mobility, and people overthink it and try to come up with the next greatest thing but really, it's done for you in this app. Yeah, it's, it removes a lot of the thinking, but I think one of the big thing is it, it can do a couple things for you. A, you're going to get an assessment on the front end, which I think is key. So a lot of these are just going to give me a routine or I'm going to read something, I'm going to do some stretch that might not be really... It's like getting a generic program that's that's made for a large group of people, you know, like it, could it be effective? It can absolutely be effective. What is going to be more effective something that addresses my issues. Yeah. And that's what this does. You take a mobility test. For example, after this road trip, our shoulders are jacked. And we don't mean by like jacked. Oh hand. no, I meant mine are huge. Yours. I agree with you. They're fair looking. Literally nothing about you that is huge. <laughs> <laughs> so, point is we might need more mobility in our shoulders where someone in the same class might have tight ankles tight hips their low back might be bothering them that's what's cool about the GoWad app you kind of take this little mobility test figure out where you're good but also where you're deficient and then you get a basically private coaching mm -hmm. to help you get better in those areas of your body and it's slick too like i mean the app is i mean as far as apps go like it is nice looking the videos are super high quality uh it's pretty interactive uh i was I, and I wasn't super aware of it until we, I started digging into it, and I'm thoroughly impressed with it, to be honest with you. Like, it's a – I dig it. Yeah, I would highly recommend it to everybody. You know, obviously, we've talked about this before. Specifically, I mean, I don't know if you remember this, Fern. Remember not too long ago when I hit 50 back squats at 185? It was a, it was a blip in time. You remember how you didn't think I can do it, and then I did it? I remember – something happening you remember how everyone was just so impressed by the fact that i can do that that i don't remember at all <laughs> but, but you know the point is you know if, if you do something like that and you, and you bang yourself up cool now you've got a great protocol to come back because i was really sore from that but now you can go on the app super slick like you said figure out hey my back's sore my hips are sore this is bothering me and and you've got your own private programming 
set for you. So definitely check out GoWad. You can download the app. And, and what's really cool about it is affiliate owners, you get it for free. So if you're listening to this, affiliate owners, go check it out. Go check out GoWad. Download it. If you're not sure what it looks like, it's the app that looks like a little bit of a play button. And it says GoWad, all caps, G-O-W-O-D. That's GoWad. What is one of the biggest issues that people bring up to you in both the level one and the level two setting? First of all, I like how almost every one of our podcasts begins with one of us asking the other a question, but then not getting an answer in return because we ultimately make fun of the other person. I feel like I'm typically, I feel, I, like I, I feel like I answer your questions. Did I not answer your question in the last part? I don't remember, but usually it comes after, you know, some banter from you and then you get to the answer. So what is the biggest complaint at the level one and level two? Ooh, that, there's that so people, many that, that people are, are like frustrated. So not with the course, like, I don't, I mean, I rarely get any. No. Yeah. I didn't mean like, that. The, the frustration that they're expressing is typically that they're not getting coached. Yeah, I would agree. That's probably one of the, that's probably one of the maybe one or two or three biggest kind of, uh, it's not a complaint. That's probably not the, even the right way to say it. It's no, more it's more a, a realization. Okay. That's a perfect way to explain it. I did a poor job of, of teeing that up. So like I, everything I picked yeah, you up, so, I yeah. carried you, thank gave you. you the words. Thank you for finally doing something. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so I would say it's probably that. And then the other one is that particularly in the programming, uh, in the level one and in the lesson plan and level two, where people have this light bulb moment about what is required to actually coach in a 60 minute time frame. And, and Paul Tremblay brought this up in our, in our, in my episode with him, because I asked him, I said, what do you think is the, the number one thing coaches could do? more in their classes and he was like coach so then the question becomes how do I do that yeah I think one of the most common things I've heard over the years is man my coach has never told me that or why hasn't my I've been doing it wrong you know those types of things where it's like I just told you to push your knees out a little bit like it wasn't a big deal but they're like well no one's ever said that yeah so it, it I mean that's why we're here right we get we just got a message on our Instagram you know at best hour of their day you know, I wouldn't have done as well at the level two if I've not been in your mentor course or listening to your podcast has made me a better coach. That's ultimately why we started this is to help people coach better because, I mean, we don't need to beat a dead horse at this point, but that's what separates it box to box. I think it's probably, I, it's not currently, but I think that will be if gyms continue to get better and start to understand the value. So I think currently what separates most gyms is, and we saw this at the, on the box tour, what separates, I, I think, you know, below versus above average gyms is not necessarily the coaching. It's actually the group management and their organizational skills. If they're either unorganized or they have a, some sort of, you know, rhyme or reason for how they do things. Um, but then what I think separates above average gyms from great gyms is they also have coaching on top of that. But then, it, but then it does, it does bring up the question when those people ask that 
when that people have that realization, my coach has never told me that, then I start to think to myself, why? We know that knees out is not a new cue. Like everybody knows that, that we want the knee tracking over the toe. Like that's not a revelation for anybody at this point. So then the question is, why has nobody told them? Is it willful ignorance? Is it, you know, I, I, you know, no. I think I have an idea of what it is, but. As, as you're saying that, here's what kind of came to my mind. Most coaches are newer and most coaches aren't getting developed. So what's happening is, you know, you know, they're not, it's not that they can't see movement. It's not that they can't correct movement, but it's like, Hey, I'm not great at this yet. I just took my level one. I, you know, or maybe I've been coaching for a year and I'm trying to coach movement, but you're making me do it really fast. And it's like anything else. Like if well, the, the, the newer you are, the slower you should go. No different than developing your snatch. Okay, well, let's get PVC. Let's just move from first pull, the second pull, the third pull. So, all right, the, the group is squatting, but you have three minutes to correct 20 people because you have to go from part A to B to C to D versus now you have 20 minutes simply to work on these three movements. You know, we're doing Cindy pull-ups, push-ups, and the air squat you get to even prioritize. I'm going to spend most of my time on the air squat. So now you have, you know, 20 minutes just to work on that. It's like, you know, trying to pick up an instrument you've not played and, and play it at the tempo that the song is meant to versus slowing it down. No, I agree. And I, so I taught a level two at CrossFit Mayhem this weekend and any, any fun stories with Chuck and Lindsay? Uh, here's one. So we went to see we we went to senior's house afterwards and so for, and but fill everybody in. That's Froning's. Okay, father. so yeah, so so Rich Froning Senior. So not the fittest one of the fittest people on earth. His dad. So it's not uncommon that we go to senior's house after a seminar. So we go over there, we hang out, shoot the shit. He cooks for us, and uh, and we just kind of have a good old time. But he's got in his basement back there, and some people have seen videos. It's the it's his place is the one with the big kind of pond in the back, but. We're down there and he has a pool table down there and Lindsay's been giving him crap about like, make sure the pool table's ready. So the pool table is ready. And so Chuck and Lindsay play first. And just for the record, Lindsay's terrible. Lindsay Andrew, one of my favorite people. She's a phenomenal coach, but she's garbage at pool. Okay. <laughs> you can check it out on your Instagram or maybe yeah. it was her Instagram. I know I saw I, it. I think she posted it, but, but senior posted it first. Okay. So anyway, so they play and then she and I play and, and the, the punchline is this. Lindsay wins both games. However, and I posted this on Senior's thing, she did not beat us. We both scratched on the eight ball. He scratched. So she had a pretty big comeback on him. He was, you know, I want to say like six or seven balls in front. And then she had a comeback. I, she still had like six balls on the table when I scratched on the eight ball. So she won but she did not beat me. I beat myself because that's the way the game works. So. You know, pool is one of those weird, it's it's a sport, right? Do we agree that it's a sport? sport? Uh, It is. Yeah. People compete and they win money and all that stuff. And there's an opponent. So yeah, there's a strategy involved. We can have a whole debate. I I don't know if it's a sport. It's a game. I had a game. I had a conversation with Zach Forrest probably two or three years ago where we were kind of, I thought you said Zach Morris. Oh, yeah, him too. Actually, they're rebooting Saved by the Bell. Which they should. 
Is Screech going to be Screech? That's the only thing I want to know. I don't know that Screech is getting the invite back. But AZ Slater still looks like AZ Slater, by the way. Oh, he looks phenomenal. But I don't think, yeah, I think Screech was in a few too many porns to get the invite <laughs> back to uh, NBC. But so there, we were having this conversation of what game, sport, and competition. And really, you can start to lump, you know, because there's always that debate what's golf? What's chess? What's video gaming? You know, so you have to divide that up into yeah. game, sport, and competition. But nevertheless, I don't remember how we got there. Oh, you're talking about your level two at Mayhem. Yeah, so we'll circle back real quick. Thanks for that detour. The <laughs> so uh, so during one of the breakouts, you know, we do these different drills, and and typically the first drill is like a teaching slash singing drill. And if you haven't taken your level two, and we can talk about, we can pitch the level two at this point because everybody should be taking their level two since they changed the format. So stop retaking your level one and go take your level two. Do do you like the new format of the level two? Well, I like the format of the level two. I do like the changes within the course. Uh, but I like the level two change in format for this purpose more than anything else. The test is no longer on site. So right. people come and they don't have the stress of the test. So I think they retain more and they pay attention to what's going on because that is the actual value of the level two course, which is that feedback for you to take that information and go back to your box on Monday and actually be able to implement that. But I think far too many people are stressed and worried about the test and they block out all the things in that course that actually have value which is well and there's just more opportunity for us to lecture and, and the the breakout groups are great i mean it's the best course in my opinion for just hands-on experience yeah so to to kind of like recap here the when you said you know people it, you don't think that they necessarily can't see i actually don't disagree with you there are some people that just literally don't know what they're looking at and and cannot see movement um, I, the, I think there's a bigger pool of people who fall in the bucket of, like you described, it's too fast for them and, and they don't know where to look and when. So we do these breakout groups and it's, it's a seeing drill and we just kind of follow the coach around and they're supposed to identify things that they see, uh, with regard to faults. And typically nobody sees anything. They just walk around and they're kind of looking around aimlessly and then I'll pause them and I'll say, for the next five to six reps, I don't want you to look at anything other than the feet and then just tell me what you see. And all of a sudden, you know, they all, they go typically almost 80 to a hundred percent as far as identifying faults on each athlete. They'll say, Oh, well that stance is too narrow. The heels are up. They're turning their toes out too wide. So I agree with you, but what we've done is what you just described is we've slowed down what they were doing and we gave it intention. So look here first, don't look at anything else. Now, how this is relevant to why nobody told somebody that their knees were caving in is probably because all of that is happening too fast. I have multiple parts in the workout. I don't have time to watch somebody do 15 to 20 air squats in a class of 15 to 20 people as we get warmed up for the overhead squat. Like, so today at our gym, you know, we're doing best hour programming. It's overhead squat. And in that What's lesson, that? What's the best hour programming? Tell me more. What, it's what everybody should be doing, right? So in that, in the lesson plan, it's built out for watching people and coaching them through the air squat, through a banded overhead squat. Like uh, I stole that from 12 state and, it, and that's in the dropping in um, series as well. And then going to a PVC pipe before we get into the barbell. And I can start to identify all those things because I'm not worried about getting a Metcon in there. So the, the real thing here is like, because people are not 
skilled enough to see movement very quickly and be able to identify it. If we're going to coach well, we have to do less and we have to do it better. Yeah, and I think, you know, really, and I don't want to beat a dead horse, as we've said. You know, this comes back to... I don't know if it's beating a dead horse because we cannot talk about this enough because it is what we're supposed to be doing. And it's you not, and, and it's not mean, happening. No, I mean, the, the at large, right? CrossFit coaches in boxes, you know, like how, like how it's, it, that's no different than saying, well, we, I mean, we say knees out too much. Well, I'm not saying it knees out too much. If everybody's knees are in, I'm going to keep saying it until my mouth falls off, you know? No, you know, but that's what I was going to say. It's like, I don't want to beat a dead horse, but that horse needs to be beaten. Correct. It, it's because it continues but I will say, and I don't want to take 100% of the credit, but I think we should claim most of it. I am seeing, <laughs> I am seeing a shift in the paradigm when we show up at level ones and level twos. Would you agree with that? I do, and, but now the struggle becomes, now people realize it, so they have this moment of clarity that I cannot coach well with three parts to a workout. Like It, it is just almost mathematically impossible to do it well. But then the stressor becomes they don't have control at the box. So I had multiple people bring this up at the, at the seminar and their concern or now their dilemma is, okay, I understand and I buy in to the idea that, okay, in order to coach, we have to, we have to do less and we have to do it better and we have to do this lesson plan properly like we teach at the level one, level two. But I don't write the programming and the coach or owner is not going to change it. Now what? Well, there's that and then I think there's also the like well what do I do and 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 you don't want to get that revolt from your members but you're only going to get that if you're not giving them something to make up for less workouts correct right so there's all there's this this false idea that if I just take that I don't replace it with anything you're going to replace it with lots of coaching preferably like you're going to replace it with improving people's air squat or improving their pull-ups or going through more skills and drills to build up those, the capacity or movement or positions. But that's the struggle is because people have not been doing that. They are not really sure what to do because that takes practice. If you're going to run a 10 to 15 minute squat group, you have to practice that. Otherwise you're going to be stuck just like we see on a very regular basis when we give somebody five minutes to teach the air squat and they're done at two because they don't know what to do because there's no plan because they never had to make a plan because there was never enough time to have to worry about it anyway. Well, do you think part of it is just because most coaches are just doing it for fun versus trying to be professionals? Maybe, but I, but I tend to disagree with that because even if they are doing it for fun, I don't, I don't know any CrossFitter that doesn't want to be better at it at coaching or at, at fitness in general. I mean, like it's kind of the, it's one of the most greedy communities with regard to knowledge I've ever been around. So I I don't think it's that at all. I, I, there's probably a, you know, there's turds in every community, right? So there's definitely some people who don't care and then, and they're just there to work out and, and to be Instagram famous. But I think the vast majority, and this is, virtually everybody that comes through the level one and two course that I've ever interacted with, they want to be better. They're just not really sure how, because, you know, we can, the level one is 
one of the best courses in the world with regard to entry. And then level two, I think is honestly the best course for developing coaches. Um, but there's, there's a lot in the middle that needs to happen there. And people are, in my opinion, starved for that information. So I don't think it's that people don't care. I think it's, they, you know, they want to be better, but that they just are not really sure how until they show up to level two and they're like, Oh, I get it. Okay. So let's, let's bring it around. You know, we, we've done a whole strength and Metcon episode where we talk about it. And again, we're not telling you, you can never do that, but we're telling you, you need to coach more. So what are we telling people in this episode? If you can see or challenge yourself, whoever's writing the programming, whether you purchase it or you can just get some free days off of best hour to like, just to look at the programming and the, and the lesson plans. So by the way, when you say that, we're on Wattify. We're soon to be on Wattify and SugarWad. By February 10th, we'll be on both. By February 10th, we'll be on both. And so, people can get some free days in there uh, just to kind of check it out. And though, and again, because of what you and I do and because of the interaction that we have with affiliate owners and coaches, we're intimately aware with what people or what coaches want and what they need, which is they need to understand the art and the skill of coaching more. And that gets pushed to the side if we're just putting more things in the hour. And again, we're not bashing strength plus Metcon. We had a strength plus Metcon at CrossFit Rife, and we are the ones that kind of write best hour programming this past weekend. However, our Saturday classes are 90 minutes. So that's Oh, really? You run a purposely, like you schedule that in the calendar? It's 90 minutes on the, on the schedule? Because typically the classes are considerably larger. And that started, that trend started years ago. So, and it's a Saturday. I'm not running three back-to-back classes. That's a cool concept. I, I, I didn't realize you did that. I think that's something, if I, if I had a box, I would consider, right? Less stress, you're right. Saturdays can have 40 people at times. And rather than giving them a watered down, you know, 30 minutes of lunges, air squats, and push-ups, we just need a little more time. You know, maybe you can even... Half the group does strength first, half does met. You could have lots of options with that hour and a half. Yeah, the world is your oyster. The, but what the reason we do it is because typically we want to put in some longer durations, like a hero workout or potentially a strength plus a Metcon, and not be so concerned with this 60 minute, 60 minute interval where we can get in there, have fun, and I have more people to manage. And we all know that if you run enough classes, that lesson plan starts to expand as the number of athletes grows because it's just harder to manage people and get them there in a timely fashion. So, um, so we're not against it. It's just like you have to be able to do it well and you need more time to do that well. So that's, have you always done that? Always done what? Sorry. Set 90 minutes on Saturdays. Not always, but I mean, we've been doing it for, literally years at this point. I don't, I don't remember when we switched it, but it's been, we run an 8 a.m. and a 9.30. And um, we've, we've, I've even toyed around with like, as the numbers grow and they're potentially backing down from an hour and a half to an hour and 15 and then throwing a third class in there. Um, but for sure, I think it needs to be longer than an hour uh, because people hang out on Saturdays, all that stuff. So um, there, there's a lot that goes into that. But anyway, the, I think what people should do is consider like taking some things out of the hour and replacing it with coaching. And I'm here to fill you in or let you in on a little secret. It's probably not going to go well at first, but that doesn't mean you shouldn't try it. 
Yeah, it's like sex. I'm still not good at it. That does not shock me one bit. You know, like 20-something years later. Are you practicing enough? I mean, define enough. Let me get Roz on this podcast. Um, you practice but, with yourself? <laughs> probably more than I should. Maybe I'm overtraining. <laughs> <laughs> you're overtrained. You're not. Yeah, you're not uh, under. You're not. You're not under recovering. You're overtraining. Um, so, um, I think. Hey, one thing we brushed over, by the way, is best hour programming is one of the few programming that's on multiple platforms. Correct. Yeah. So we are going to be on uh, both of those. And if you're not on one of those, we can still deliver the programming to you. So it's not like you have to be on one of those. Uh, it's just going to be a little bit less time consuming if you are on one of those platform, platforms because it'll auto populate to your gym and you won't have to do anything uh, with the full lesson plans for your coaches uh, to, to see and have access to. Uh, and they're designed for the coaches. So they're not necessarily designed for the, with the, they are, you know, we write the programming with the athletes in mind, but we write the programming with, with the coach in mind, because it's, it's, they're the person that is really there to try to change lives, you know, see and correct movement, make it the best hours of people's day. So we want to set them up for success. And that's what we do when we write them. And I'm, and I'm probably not going to write anything that cannot be done. So I'm not going to write Typically in, in a typical lesson plan, and I've been doing this for a while, I'm going to maybe have a little bit of overage by about 10% of something that I may want to try and that I may get in there or I may not, but like 10% at most uh, within the lesson plan. And that's just gives me the, little, the, the wiggle room. Um, so yesterday, for instance, I think I had 18 in the 5 p.m. And then I had 10 in the 6 p.m., I think. And there was something I had to take out of the 5 p.m. because there's just too many people. It was just taking me a little bit longer to get through it. But then I added it back in for the uh, 5 p.m. And it wasn't anything significant. It was just different parts of the general warm-up because that's, diff- that's typically where people go along. So, um, so yeah, I think that's, that's really kind of where we're recommending people go, which is don't do so much. You're not taking away. You're actually going to be giving more. You're not taking so- anything. Well, so the challenge becomes let's let's challenge people to try that. And, and, you know, here's the deal. We have our own programming. Certainly we would love if you check it out, whether it's the free trial or, you know, go in and purchase it and, and use it at your box. But whether you do or not, the challenge becomes can you start to implement maybe one day a week, maybe two, maybe three, where you're doing one workout and that's how you're going to get better at coaching. Because let me tell you this also you know this, showing up at a level two, nothing is more embarrassing than watching someone else get embarrassed by their coaching skill. It's awkward. It's like a, it's like a train wreck. And everybody, I mean, yeah, it's definitely tough. It's tough. How do you, when you get someone, you're running your group circle. So say Sunday, you know, so Sundays the participants come in, they group coach, they, you know, Five two to hours, seven, two hours yeah. of group coaching. Five to seven people. You're moving for that entire time, except for the one time you're coaching. How do you bring the participants back in after a really bad uh, coaching experience um, just happened? I don't find that to be an issue because everybody's got their moment where you know they get egg on their face. So like nobody's immune to it. I have, I have yet to coach a group in however long we've been doing this where 
somebody was just a 1000% rock star and, and they had no feedback that they could not improve on. So I don't, I don't think it's actually, I think, I think everybody knows their time is coming and I think it builds in this layer of empathy where I like people just are not, they're not going to judge people because they know they're on the chopping block. Like they're up next. So all they're really thinking about is like, well, I'm not going to do that. I'm just going to make sure I try to do this and I'm going to try to, to, to try to run through the progressions in time. So I don't, I don't find it to be that big of a deal. Um, and it, I mean, you know, it, like it is, it is in fact a judgment free zone, like, because we know, we know it's not their home gym. We know they're going to say a cue that they've ne literally never used in their life before. And then they're going to be telling themselves like, God, I'm so stupid. Why'd I say that? And I'm like, listen, it happens, man. Like you're nervous. Like you don't know these people I'm over here making you nervous simply by sitting here and watching you. So it is what it is. Like, let's mess up. You know, Chuck Carswell, he's like, let's make a different mistake tomorrow. Like, that's his big thing. Like, you're going to make mistakes. Make a different one tomorrow. Don't make the same one. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And, you know, like you said, everyone kind of comes in from their own box. It's hard to get this pressure out there. But there are, there's always one participant where the rest of the people are just like looking around like, wow. And, and I think it's eye-opening to them in a way, too, because it's like, one, I'm probably just as bad. And they, for, you know, now it's, it's showing them this is kind of what you're like, you know. And, and, and secondly, you're right. No one ever comes through and like, hey, we have no feedback for you. Just like we always have feedback for each other. But the point I is, got, if you I got, feedback, if, I got feedback from Chuck this weekend on two things, you know, it's just like, hey, do you clean this up, try to move this over here a little bit. So I, I think it's more about what did what what did what was the takeaway? It's like, okay, you messed it up. So what? Who cares? Like, you're gonna mess it up. I mean, that that's the same thing with lesson plan. I, I know zero coaches who have not gone over on a lesson plan. No, and I think that's that's, that's, that's not the key what's with important. all this. You know, that's, that's not what's important. I think, I think James Hobart was the one who dinged me on this years ago, which is, he said, listen, you're going to go over. Like, I'm not mad about like going over on a lesson plan or something like that. He's like, I'm mad if you don't know why that's a problem. That's a great point. And that, and the, really we've, we've said this numerous times on the show as well, where it's like, get that feedback, learn from your mistakes and understand how you can get better. But you can only do that if you, if you're coaching. So again, we're not trying to beat this dead horse, but that's the challenge, right? Can, if you're listening to this, whether you're a coach, a member, or a box owner, we challenge you to pick one workout and don't go with a 30 to 45 minute. Don't go choosing Murph or another hero workout. Pick I would challenge somebody to choose for sure sub 10. And if you really want to challenge yourself, choose something that's really fast, like a Fran, where, tip, where most people will be done in under eight minutes of scaled correctly. And then what do you do with the other 52 minutes of your class? And then see the response your members get. Because if you do this right, you're going to get that look like this is all we're doing today. But when they get coaching from you, they're going to start to change their tune. And then when they just demolish the workout because they're moving better, and the cue you gave them helps. And because you worked on the thruster, you, you see better during that workout. And you're not worrying about, you know, 10 other movements and then moving people around. It's going to be a great experience. Yeah. So I think, I think the challenge is, is to try to figure out different ways to do less better. And if, and if you don't have that ability, meaning the box owners, like, whatever, we're still doing parts A through Z. We got 27 pieces to the 60-minute um, uh, workout session that we got all of them are 
two minutes a piece. Then what I would tell you is like, you have control of something in there. Like only worry about what you can control. Like you can't control that there's multiple pieces in there. You know, just master the whiteboard brief. Go back, listen to the whiteboard episode, uh, the whiteboard brief episode. Master the general warm up. Like just spend, like knock that six to seven, maybe 10 minutes, knock it out of the park and, and just worry about that because you can't do anything about the rest of it. So, and it's probably the only thing that you're going to be able to manage in that time frame anyway, if you've not been coaching like this, you're not just going to be able to just automatically crush it 60 minute timeline. You're going to have to start with five to 10 minute pieces of that and really get efficient at those before you can start expanding them to multiple parts. So start small, start with what you control, what you can control, start small, master those things, and then build on top of that same way you would if you were an athlete. Yeah. And here's, here's the cool thing. If, if you're ready to start, go give it a try. You're listening to this today, maybe try it for tomorrow, but if you're not ready, download some free programming for us. And you know, whether you actually just implement one of our days or you take one of our days and, and think to yourself, how can I make it fit my box or change the workout up? At least you'll have uh, an, an idea of, of where to, where to do it and how to do it by using this template. So we, we certainly recommend lost. Yeah. And if you're still lost and you're like, Hey, I don't want to pay for programming. Um, there will be a separate kind of build out that we're doing, which is we're going to show you like boots on the ground. Like you're going to get videos, uh, where we'll show you how to do this. Where you are like, I don't know what to do with 50 minutes. How do you, how do you teach the snatch efficiently in eight minutes? Like, how do you do that? It can be done. Um, but typically you need to watch somebody do it first and then start to try to replicate that in some way, shape or form. Um, for box owners who are paying for the programming, they'll get access to that free, but for everybody else, it's going to be very, very cost effective. Um, and the, the content you will get there will be well worth your time. So. Absolutely. So like Fern just said, do less better and let's start with the programming at your box. And hopefully that helps you become a better coach. That's what we're here for. Reach out to us in all, in all social media platforms, emails, et cetera. Episode three of season one dropping in is out by the time you're listening to this episode. So go check that out on our YouTube channel. And if you have more topics you want to hear us discuss, shoot us an email or DM us and we'll make it happen. So for Fern, I think that's it. We've said enough. We're out of here. Thanks again for listening to Best Hour of Their Day. Just a reminder, Fern and I have an amazing new show called Dropping In, premiering on our YouTube channel in early 2020. Be sure to head over to the Best Hour of Their Day YouTube channel now. Subscribe so you don't miss any of the episodes. You've probably heard us talking about it, summarizing some of our trip. You can see some highlights up on our Instagram as well, at best hour of their day. But I promise you, you're not going to want to miss out. So subscribe now. Thanks for everything you do. Thanks for letting us be a part of your lives. Hope you have a great rest of your day. Tune in tomorrow for another episode of Best Hour of Their Day.